0: W-R-K-N, 106.1 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at nashfm1061.com, presented by crescentcitysports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis style food with a New Orleans flair. All access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rego, Petrie Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources
1: Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access. This is the Monday night version here on Nash Icon 1061 FM on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app is available for you anywhere in the world to listen in via iHeart. Of course, you can always get us at home via Alexa by telling you to play WRKN. You can check out our podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just go to the website. And it's on the left side just click on podcast to be able to do so you can always email me it's ken at com, as many do that's ken at crescentcitysports.com or you can call the show it's 504-260-1061 that's 504-260-1061 Rudy dixon our producer here until seven later in the hour we'll talk lsu sports lsu football in particular with michael cobble sports director of wbrz In Baton Rouge, always provides great analysis. We'll talk to Michael later in the hour. We'll get into Tulane and the Pelicans, who, by the way, open their preseason tomorrow as well. All of that's still to come, but of course we want to talk about the New Orleans Saints. Before we do that, let's get you updated on what's happening in Major League Baseball in the Division Series action. Right now, they play in the top of the third inning and the Philadelphia Phillies. Already up a game at Atlanta, leading the Braves 3-0 in the third inning. A two-run homer by J.P. Real Muto is the big blow of the game. And Zach Wheeler's pitching well for the Phillies, who are already up a game. If they take the first two in Philadelphia, they're almost home, going home with the 2-0 lead. Later on, Arizona and Los Angeles to play the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks spanked the Dodgers in game one as an underdog team there in the other National League Division Series. So those are the games going on right now. American League Division Series resumes tomorrow. And of course the road team, the Texas Rangers, won both games in Baltimore to take a commanding 2-0 lead. And the Minnesota Twins split a pair of games at Houston against the world champion Astros. So that one's tied at a game apiece. That's the situation in the Major League Baseball playoffs as we speak. Monday Night Football tonight. Not a real thriller. Green Bay, at two and two against the Raiders of Las Vegas, at one and three. At Reliant Stadium in Vegas, this evening. Saints blew that game to the Packers. How much different would their season look right now? And if Derek Carr stayed healthy, I think they would have won that game. Meanwhile, the Packers have signed Patrick Taylor to the active roster for tonight because Aaron Jones still has a hamstring problem and can't go. So he's out. A.J. Dillon will get the start at running back for the Packers. So there you have it for tonight's game in the NFL. As for the New Orleans Saints game in the NFL yesterday, look, you can find all kinds of things to poke apart the victory for the Saints if you want to. But here are the pure facts. The Saints won the game 34 to nothing on the road as an underdog. The Saints' defense pitched a shutout. The Saints' kicking game was solid. Lou Headley, a couple of punts inside the 20. Blake Groopy two field goals in excess of 50 yards. Covered kicks very well as well. And then the offense. Best word to use is efficient. Just over 300 total yards, nothing to write home about, but with the lead that the Saints had, they kind of put it on ice a bit in the second half, and you can't blame them. They took the right approach. For one game, anyway, one game, you can quit hammering Pete Carmichael. The Saints used motion more than I've seen in all the games previously, Combined in the game yesterday in the first half. You can draw your own conclusions about whether it works or not. Look, it moves defenses, and that's always going to be to your advantage. And I'm not saying you have to do it all the time. Formations can certainly help, but in this particular game, they use motion. Also, in this particular game, they were able to get the ball down the field a bit. Not a lot, but enough. And took shots and took another shot later on, which almost turned out to be money. Good throw by Carr to Olave on a deep ball down the left sideline. Olave nearly made a great catch, but couldn't control it through the ground. Would have been another icing on the cake play for that Saints performance yesterday. Still, they ran the ball effectively. Alvin Kamara was solid. Kendry Miller looked pretty good, especially on that swing pass. When he was the third or fourth option, and Derek Carr spotted him and found him, and he did the rest. Young man is strong. He runs with lean, pretty good quicks. Like what you see from Kendry Miller thus far. Michael Thomas has looked good. He's solid. He's giving you exactly what you hope he would. Staying on the field healthy, making tough possession catches no more. Uh, evident than the one he caught over the middle where he took a huge hit and got knocked out of the game for a play or two, but came back and said afterwards, that's what he's going to do for his quarterback. It's not about individuals. He's saying all the right things and he's playing like it to this point, exactly what you wanted to hear and exactly what you wanted to see from Michael Thomas. As for the rest of the offense, it was great to see Foster Morrow catch a touchdown pass. Yeah, it's a shovel pass. It's a good call, and he bowled his way in. And it was really great to see for many reasons. Not only is he born and raised in a Jesuit and LSU star, not only is he recovering from lymphoma cancer and his back playing football, which is remarkable, but he did it on Crucial Catch Day around the NFL and at Foxborough where they were celebrating and fight against cancer. Striking out cancer, which of course he's been stricken with. And by the way, they ran commercials all during the game on television about it with Foster featured in it. So that was also good to see. Chris Olave gets in the end zone. That's good to see. Offensive line protected Derek Carr better, sacked twice, but he held the ball a long time as well. And in the process, you know, invites a little criticism. On the other hand, he does not turn the ball over. And that's a big part of the victory. And I'm going to write about that for CrescentCitySports.com Tomorrow will be my feature piece about turnovers and turnover margin. And as if you didn't know already just how important it is, but to use illustrations of turnover margin in the league this year and also in recent years and when the Saints have been successful. Carl was solid. It's exactly what you need him to do. Manage the game well enough, make the throws he needs to make, which he did, and not turn the football over. And it wasn't just the dink and dunks. Look, he took the check downs and they worked pretty well. But he also pushed the ball up the field enough, and that worked pretty well. One thing we haven't seen is tight ends get involved in this offense. Yes, Foster Morrow got the shovel pass touchdowns. The only pass he caught. Jimmy Graham. Targeted once, didn't make any catches. You hope Jawan Johnson is back soon. He had a breakout season last year. He has done little this year. New quarterback, but also playing injured. I mean, he was pretty much hurt from the start, tried to play, hurt again. And for how long he's out, we do not know. But he's obviously a major factor. Rasheed Shaheen will get his chances and get his touches. He's too good and he's too fast. It can make a difference. And then Taysom Hill will play his role. Not huge yesterday, but again, he's important to this team, and you need him to be in that role. He did a lot of handing off yesterday, didn't he, rather than keeping? Trying to buck trends. But by and large, the offensive line was better yesterday. Yes, Trevor Penning got two holds. Yes, Hurst got a hold. Look, the penalties were the negative about the game. I mean, that was pretty much the one thing you pointed to and you just had to be very disappointed with. You can't have that many infractions. And it was primarily holding calls and pre-snap penalties, false starts. And it was blamed to be passed around on that. And there just didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to why that was happening. Other than a lack of concentration. Yes, you're playing on the road. Yes, there's crowd noise, but there's no reason for that to happen. So that's kind of the one thing you have to pick on and say this has to change. Not sufficient. Got to get better in that regard. So one negative. Camara, 25 touches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Miller, 16 touches, total 90 yards. Carr was 18 of 26. 183, two touchdowns. Saints rushed for 134 yards. Now, most importantly, the Saints finally scored. And it was the first time the Saints have scored more than 20 points in 10 games. Since the 27-20 home win over the Rams, November 20th of last season. As mentioned, the 12 penalties for 86 yards were the one negative. The Saints defensively, what they really did well was they got pressure with just four men rushing. When you do that, you're going to have success because then you can cover with seven. And by getting that pressure, that reversed the trend. of The two previous weeks where the Saints really didn't get any pressure at all and only channeled a total two sacks in those games, which clearly is not going to get it done against better football teams. And look, with regard to Carr, clearly he looked more comfortable than he did the previous week you know he's got to have some pain with that AC joint injury you know he's got to have some level of restriction but the restriction level certainly looked lesser in this game than it did in the previous game game went so well they were able to take car out and put Jameis Winston in with 407 left to play in the game that's good news as well groupie with field goals of 53 and 54 yards Very good. He's missed one all year. Of course, that one was critical in the Green Bay game, which probably cost him the game. But overall, he's been good. But the Saints created three turnovers and they scored 17 points off those turnovers. When that happens, you're going to win. And the trend is a good one. The Saints have now forced at least one turnover in 10 straight games, all five this year, and that's the longest streak currently in the NFL. They forced nine in five games. They've committed six, so the plus three is good. Put Jimmy 11th in the league. That's in the upper echelon. When your offense is efficient and balanced, your defense is rock solid, and your kicking game performs well, you're not going to lose. And that's what happened in Foxborough yesterday. The Saints did the job and did it in very solid fashion. Now you move forward. You had your offensive line intact yesterday, the offensive line that you started the season with. Your projected starters were all out there. And yes, they performed better overall. Still not where you need them to be. As I mentioned, the holding penalties, certainly part of that. But you lined up with Eric McCoy at center, and Cesar Ruiz, and James Hurst at the guards, and Ryan Ramchek and Trevor Penning at the tackles. Continuity is important when it comes to offensive lines. Everybody stayed healthy, it appeared in that game, so they should be back out there next week. And let's hope that they can continue to build on what they were able to accomplish yesterday. Adam Prentice got hurt in the game, but he hasn't been a positive to this point. We'll see. And that, of course, as mentioned with the defense. If you want to pick a player on that defense who may have been the best player on the field yesterday, period, it's Carl Granderson. Undrafted free agent. Boy, has he emerged as a really good football player for this team. Just solid as a rock. Isaiah Foskey getting more sacks. He's starting to find his way. Of course, you got Cam Jordan. And then Shepard and Saunders have been okay. Roach has been pretty solid. Brzee kind of quiet yesterday, but he's going to be a good player. Linebacker level. How about the play that DeMario Davis filled the hole on and cracked the running back, and stopped him short. That's DeMario at his best. Or the play made in coverage when he blanketed the receiver and defensed the pass. Pete Werner was a tackling machine again. And he came up with a big interception on a tip ball. That's alertness. That's solid. He is a good football player. The Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew, with a pick six, fourth of his career. So good to see, so pleasant to see the hometown hero Performing well. Look, Tyran is at his best as a roamer. That's what he does. Not as a straight-up guy. Let him roam, diagnose, and react. That's what he does best. Jordan Howden is going to be a good football player from what we've seen at safety. He looks like a good draft pick. Called upon to play. Did a good job. Impressive. You know, you wait for Marcus May to return coming soon. That will only strengthen things. And as mentioned with the kicking game group, he did his job and did it well. Headley, who's been kind of inconsistent, did a pretty good job in this game. No, these are not your father's New England Patriots. I understand that. And I know they've been dominated the last two weeks. But you go on the road as an underdog and you demolish an opponent. You cannot write that off. It's just being because of who you played. Saints deserve credit for what they accomplished yesterday. To get to three and two. Tied with Atlanta. will pull one out very late against Houston, the Saints' next opponent. Tampa Bay had the week off there at three and one Carolina's going nowhere. And oh, and oh by the way, CJ Stroud looks better than Bryce Young. Saints have already seen Bryce Young. You'll see C.J. Stroud coming up this coming week. In Houston against the Texans, who are 2-3. and three. Figures to be a jump ball game based on the way these teams have looked. And, look, you get to see a lot of those games this year where the Saints are concerned. I mean, it's it's going to be that way. With the way the games stack up. Saints are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. So we see that. And, oh, by the way, we said before the game, you might want to take the under with New England Saints, and it was 39. Under paid off, even though the Saints scored 34 points. That's how bad New England was. Couldn't score anything. Houston's an improved football team. This is going to be a battle. Stroud has looked good. They have new life. They had almost had Atlanta pinned down, let it get away very, very late yesterday. They'll be ready. This will be a challenge for the Saints. As mentioned, it's going to be that way week to week. How much growth can you show as a football team offensively? Kamara now, two games under his belt. Kendry Miller, he's healthy. Can you get Jawan Johnson back and get him on the field? And get him back to where he was. Will the offensive line continue to show progress and protect Derek Carr? These are all the questions to be answered. And can Pete Carmichael pull the trigger on good play calls and allow this offense to have some dynamic diversions that can create some mismatches against defenses? We saw a little bit of that yesterday. And again, the motion certainly was a welcome sight. I mean, it's just not a difficult thought process. The whole concept of motion is, A, to find out what defense opponents are playing. B, to use it as a wham block if it's a tight end motioning. And C, to to try to get matchups that you like and get defenses moving to create some degree of of uncertainty or confusion on the other side of things. And, oh, by the way, when you've got fast receivers like Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed, who also aren't the biggest guys, putting them in motion gives them a free release, which is important for speed guys. So I like all of what I saw yesterday. There is a lot to like. And, oh, by the way, it was also a nice bounce back after a dreadful performance against the Buccaneers at home as a favorite. So there's that. There were a lot of questions going into this game. Myself included. And had the Saints lost this game, it could have created a real downward spiral to the season and this current staff. That did not happen. They should resolve. They were well prepared. Dennis Allen clearly outcoached Bill Belichick. How about that equation? Les East wrote about that at CrescentCitySports.com. And he's right. I don't think the Patriots have a lot of talent, frankly. Mac Jones is not that good, but it's not all on him. He doesn't have any talent around him, looking at their skill position players. And oh, by the way, it's pretty interesting. Now, this was a stat that was brought up during the telecast yesterday, and I think it it says a lot about these two franchises. In that the New England Patriots post Tom Brady have a record of 26 and 29. That's right, 26 and 29 since Tom Brady departed for Tampa Bay and then subsequently retired. The New Orleans Saints post Drew Brees now have a record of 19 and 20. 19 and 20, both under 500, both spinning their wheels, both going nowhere until now. Could this be where the now turns the corner for the New Orleans Saints? Well, it could. We've been expecting them to do something offensively better. And I'll say what I've been saying. I've never stated they would be elite offensively. I never said they would be top of the league or near the top of the league, but I thought they'd be solid to competent. And I thought they could be middle of the league to even close to top 10, much like I thought would be the case with Derek Carr. They had not been that to this point. They were closer to that in this game. Still not that, but closer to it. It's progress, folks, and you measure it week to week. It's the NFL, folks, and it changes week to week. And opponents are different week to week. One week an opponent looked good, the next week no good at all. It changes. Look around the league. Look at what happened to Buffalo. They get beat by Jacksonville in london a week after they dismantled miami who looked like the best team in the league miami turned around and got an easy win yesterday look at dallas thought to be a real contender got demolished by the 49ers who right now look like the best team in the nfl philadelphia is still right there kansas city has to be in that mix but the 49ers look Dynamite and Brock Purdy, it does not look like what we saw last year was a fluke. Good looking quarterback, poised, eyes fixed downfield, accurate, conjuring up images of Joe Montana where the 49ers are concerned. And he's not Joe Montana, of course, but some of those qualities would seem to be there for this young man, which is why they were so high on him and made the decision to move on from Lance. And they're good. It's good to see Joe Burrow get back on track yesterday. Still not healthy enough with that calf, but it was all about Jamar Chase. Phenomenal. 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns for the Rumble Raider and LSU Tiger. He was unstoppable. Fantastic. Bengals are 2-3. and three. They needed that win to stay relevant. they got a tough schedule coming up. But they showed it. Steelers beating the Ravens. Lamar Jackson really struggled. Did not look good in that game. Mentioned Atlanta last second win. Tampa Bay didn't play. And, of course, Detroit looking good. Lions are 4-1. and one. Dan Campbell is a good coach. We knew that when he was with the Saints. Sean Payton knew it, too. Speaking of Sean Payton, he got his comeuppance, didn't he? you know, you got to back up what you're saying. He, he was forced to eat his words in a big way. Made some really inappropriate comments. And there's no other way to describe it. He paid a price. Jets were unbelievably motivated. They went out and beat him, and Russell Wilson is not the answer in Denver. And the Denver defense stinks. So Sean Payton's in a heap of trouble with that team. He's got to start over again, I think. They're 1-4, and, and they're no good. They stunk last year under Hackett. They stink this year under Payton. No matter how good a coach you are, you need to have players. And of course, the conversation will shift to, well, it was more Drew Brees than Sean Payton, and I understand that. And the conversation will shift to, it was more Tom Brady than Bill Belichick, and I understand that. But that was kind of what we had on display yesterday, watching the Saints play the Patriots. You got to look at two teams post great success. Post great quarterbacks still trying to find their identity. One came a lot closer to doing so. The other moved even further away from its past. It's five oh four two six oh one oh six one. That's five oh four two six oh one oh six one. A timeout here. Michael Cobble of WBRC will join us next to talk LSU football as we continue with All access for a Monday night. I'm Ken Trahan here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com.
2: If you want a little soul with your country, then you're with us. New Orleans country, from the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 1061 Nash Icon or anytime at nashfm1061.com.
3: If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron.
2: Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can
3: trust these people. They're from
4: here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron.
5: Everybody knows that.
4: Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron.
3: This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron.
4: I'm a bourgeois.
3: Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a. Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie.
0: Bring smiles to all when shopping online with Dell Technologies Gift Guide. Whether it's for the artist, the entrepreneur, the student, or the streamer, you'll find the perfect gift for everyone on your list. Dell.com slash gift guide makes gifting easy with a carefully curated selection of our best tech. Shop now to explore our innovative PCs like the XPS 13 laptop powered by the latest Intel Core processors plus this season's top accessories. Visit Dell.com slash gift guide today to get a jump on your holiday gift list. That's Dell.com slash gift guide. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. And paid for by
2: Linear Marketing Group. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? Did you know that on average, a household with at least one credit card struggles with over 17000 in credit card debt? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates and low minimum payments. Before you know it, you're in over your head. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program that will dramatically reduce your debt down to a fraction of what you owe. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. If you owe over $10,000 in credit card debt or even personal loans, call 800-278-0630 now. There are no upfront fees or out-of-pocket expenses. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how the Debt Reset Program can work for you. 800-278-0630. 800 278 0630. That's 800 278 0630. Again, 800 278 0630. Discover, this is Danny.
4: Hi, it's Jen Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries.
3: That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Are you hungry? Because everyone left after the asparagus sorbet. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
4: It's time for the Fall Hall at Northern Tool and Equipment. Get your hands on tough tools at prices that are tough to ignore. Got plans? Cancel them. Trucks in the shop? Borrow someone else's. Don't like saving money? Right. So head to the Fall Hall at Northern Tool. Back up the truck for the season's biggest event and save on generators, power tools, trailers, and more. Shop in-store or at northerntool.com. We're made for this. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride with the parts you need for the prices you want. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
5: Look out for an accident on I-10 eastbound near Williams Boulevard, exit 223. We are seeing increasing delays through there. And a reminder of the ongoing closure of the West Bank Expressway tunnel westbound near Peters Road. We'll keep an eye on everything and have another traffic update for you in minutes. I'm Lindsay from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center.
0: Calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 NASH ICON and at NASHFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061.
1: We'll talk about Tulane football and also the New Orleans Pelicans coming up here in just a bit. Right now, we turn our attention to LSU football. The Tigers back on track after the shootout 49-39 win at Columbia over Missouri. Auburn comes to town this Saturday evening. Joining us now to talk about the Tigers from WBRZ, outstanding sports director Michael Cobble. Michael, thank you as always and welcome to the show. And I guess... All is well a week later or always well after a fourth quarter, right?
6: <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it's amazing uh, the old adage that soap is, uh, winch, winning is the best soap in the world. that cleans up everything, and uh, that is definitely the case. I don't know that LSU solved all their problems, but uh, they got out of there with a the victory, and that's, and that's the main thing.
1: Yeah, it is. And, look, I mean, we can talk about the problems, but here's the reality. I think we've seen this before. You know, they, they got drummed by Tennessee a year ago and second loss, and, they were written off, and all they did was win ten games and play in the SEC championship game and win a bowl game. So, I, I, I'm not going to say they're exactly who they were a year ago. It's a different team. I think they're better offensively than they were last year, but they're worse defensively. That's about as simplistic as I can get.
6: Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's that's the truth. I mean, but the problem is, is they're much worse off, uh, defensively. There's just there's just not that many fixes that they can make to be. A better team. So you're putting so much pressure on your, t- on your offense every week to get out there and, and do what they've done, which has been remarkable. And, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, but uh, that's, that's a lot of pressure on one side of the ball when the other one's just barely hanging by its fingernails.
1: It is. I mean, and he, he said it last week, you know, there's nobody else walking through that door. We're playing with what we play with. That's true, but then it's not 100% true because they do have some young players and he played West Weeks last week and Weeks did a nice job. You know, he had sat him down for spades, who failed miserably in the previous game. We'd seen Womack previously. There was some promise. Stamps has some promise. We haven't seen as much of him. They do have a few options, but up until, you know, recent years or even this year, he's been reluctant. Brian Kelly's never been one of those guys to to really marry himself to freshmen. I'm not sure that wouldn't be such a good idea now.
6: I think that's where he's going. I mean, you're already seeing Ryan Yates play at yep. safety. You know, you're, yep. you're seeing Terrence Welsh come in as well. And, and I think that might speak to a little bit of the talent differential that he has here at LSU versus Notre Dame, where you can get some guys to the field right away and, you know, not necessarily be as concerned about the, their, their talent level translating. But But you're right. I mean, they are who they are. They're playing most of these young guys now over older guys like Denver Harris. Obviously, didn't see the field. And Deuce Chestnut isn't on the team currently, so there's a there's a lot of issues in that secondary. And, and you know they're they're basically plugged and played everybody they can. I don't think they love Sage Ryan at the at the corner position, but nope. You know if he's the smartest guy that can at least figure out what his own defense is, then you know that's who they got to get out there. And oh, I think that's where they're at. It's I think yes. right now it's about. Willingness to do what the coaches are asking you, and intelligence. It's I think talent and you know, is kind of gone by the wayside at least for now.
1: Yeah, listen, I I, <laughs> I do a lot of high school games, and I never 100% got it with Sage Ryan. He's not very big, you know. He doesn't hit, and <laughs> I mean, he's it, I never quite got that. He's not dynamic. Uh, he's he's a guy, and uh, so some of this is. You got players that were "quote unquote" highly rated who just aren't those guys. Right. The other part, the other part of it, is obvious, which is they have not had a very successful run on the transfer portal, at least not this past year.
6: No, and they've they've missed out on the recruiting trail and they've missed out on the portal. And some of that has to do, obviously, with the transition. Um, but some of that is just, I think, misses. You know, but there's another guy out there, Javian Toviano, who is highly recruited,
1: mm-hmm. and
6: uh, he has yet to see the field. Yep. He's listed more as a safety, you know, that might be a, a guy that could change and, and help you a little bit. And Kylan Jackson is a guy that Brian said the day, could potentially see the field. So there's um, it's a youth movement in the secondary, you know, as far as guys that they're willing to play. I think some of the more veteran seasoned guys just aren't up to snuff right now, or they're not really, you know, doing what the coaches want them to do, which, which we've kind of already talked about.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We're visiting with... Uh, our friend Michael Cobbler, WBRZ, and I'll stick with the defense one more question, and we'll turn to the good side of things. Look, <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, you know, this this defensive line. I think we all expected it to be good, and it hasn't been. I mean, th- they were okay this past week. We finally saw uh, at least Mason Smith actually make a play. Uh, you know, Makai Wingo has been somewhat invisible. Uh, Jordan Jefferson has not been that guy that we thought he would be. Savion Jones has just not been good at all I mean I I could go on and on but this is one area we thought would be good and it just hasn't been
6: I think it's really been hit hard by the coaching which is why you see them in the 11th hour turn and you know try to get um you know coach gosh why am I blanking on his name now Pete Jenkins. Pete Jenkins, thank you. I want to say Frank, I knew that, wasn't it?
1: No. But, I mean,
6: that's why you go and you turn to, you know, a respected leader in the in the industry along the defensive front and Pete. And so, you know, because here's the deal. I mean, they've had, what, four, I think, different voices in the defensive line room since spring ball. Jamar Cain mm-hmm. left, then you had an interim. Then you had uh, Jimmy Lindsey, who got had a medical issue. And then you got yep. – um, I can't even think of the guy's name right now, but <laughs> but uh, you know that's the point. Like he's not a yeah. defensive line coach, and so I, he wouldn't say Bob Diaco, but I know he works with the yeah. Jackson. That's not it, yeah. but, um, but 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 that, that is the point, right? They've had too many voices, and and not a coach who's a defensive line coach really coaching them. So getting Pete in, help, even if they did nothing more than line up on the line of scrimmage, which they did this week, and didn't do at yeah. Ole Miss. I mean, that's a step and a half in the right direction. So um, I think that's what you're seeing. You know, they're just kind of scrapping and searching for answers. Um, Mason Smith is going to be limited. You know, did we think he was going to be this limited? Probably not. But, but you, you know, you can't put everything on Makai Wingo, which is kind of what they did last year. Uh, so you definitely have to have some guys come along with him.
1: Yeah, listen, uh, John Jansak's the guy that took over Thank you. you, know for Lindsey. But he, again, you know, lack of experience and, I know Pete Jenkins very well. He's a friend. I've known him for a long, long time. He's a brilliant defensive line coach. He puts on camp still every year. He is 82 years old, so he's just there. It's kind of like John Robinson when he came in, right, under Osher. Similar dynamic, but Jenkins can teach the position, but it tells you how desperate they are, and I think their feeling is what you said. I think they feel like they've got some talent that just hasn't played to that level, and maybe that's the one area that we can expect some improvement. But, again... When you talk about linebacker, I mean, with all due respect to Penn, he's not that guy. Spades hasn't been that guy. You know, Weeks has has done a nice job when he's played. So, just leave him out there. And at some point, if you can't cover, just get after the quarterback. Take chances, and I think they well, may have to do that.
6: Yeah, I think you're kind of seeing a little bit of this transition, maybe a like Brian Kelly, you know, led transition away from guys that might have the most upside to the guys that have the most upstairs. You know, guys that can figure out what they want them to do, be in the right place at the right time, you know. Not necessarily going to make the wow play, but isn't going to give up the boneheaded play. So I think you're seeing you know, Whit Weeks who who maybe not, isn't as physically you know, special, but certainly understands the position, understands what he needs to be doing. That's why you're seeing him so much out there on the field. Plus it frees up Harold to some degree.
1: It does. I was going to bring up Perkins. He's starting to look more like Harold Perkins. Mm -hmm. And and again, that's the guy we expected, and I think you're right, it does free him up, and that's the best role for him is to let him roam and do his thing. He can do a lot of things, and, and you're right about Weeks. Look, Weeks is in the right position, and the other thing he does is he gets guys on the ground, and that's that's what you're looking for, and, and he's done that. All right, so the offense, uh, look, I mean, everything starts with Jaden Daniels. He's been remarkable. I mean, the guy, his transition uh, from where he was five or six weeks into the season last year to where he is right now is – is every bit as impressive as the leap that Joe Burrow made when he was at LSU. And I i don't think that's an overstatement. Totally different player, of course, but that impressive and that good. You know, and, and
6: what were we complaining about this time last year? That he held on to the ball, he wasn't yep. seeing the field, he was quick to run. You know, and all those things were things that saved their bacon last year. And, and, and again, he's, he's still saving their bacon, he's just doing it differently. Is that the emergence and the trust that he has in, Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors? Yes. Is it the emergence of Logan Diggs as a running back that can be counted on to get hard yards? Yes. Uh, but a lot of it is Jaden understanding the offense and being that X factor. You know, you think about how good they are on third down, it's because of Jaden and his ability to run, and his ability as a run threat, but also a passer downfield, and the defense can't do both, you know. And so that's why LSU has been so successful. I think they lead the nation in third down efficiency. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it is just because of the duality of his game.
1: Very much so, and look, neighbors is elite. Thomas has been special. Mason Taylor, when healthy, is really good. And you know, the others, you know, the others aren't bad. Uh, Hilton and and Lacey, they're nothing special, but they're nothing. Uh, they're they're okay. And then, of course, you mentioned Logan Diggs, and he's been the one transfer that has been a, a very positive get. Uh, they finally have a running back. I mean, this is the best back they've had since Clyde edwards Delaire. He's a tough guy. He's not slow. Of course, they run him inside most of the time because of the nature of the the RPO game that they have. But he's also good in pass protection, and he and he can catch the ball in a hand. So they've got a guy there. And I'm not saying they would have beat Florida State with him, but uh, but clearly they don't have that guy outside of him. And, and I hearken back to the you know the previous game against Ole Miss, uh, and I never understood in the fourth quarter with the lead, why they put Caleb Jackson in the game and tried to throw him a pass. I, I, you know, the, the guy probably never caught a pass at Liberty. Uh, that's not his game at all. The game's in the balance. You know, throw that ball to Diggs. He's got 20, 25 yards. And that play, that play killed the drive and, and stopped them from scoring again, which they needed to do.
6: It's such a shame too, yeah, because it's the one, you know, chance the kid gets and yep he drops the pass. And you can say it's the same thing with Emery in the uh, first half of the game. Like I don't understand yes. why they're putting it feels like they're forcing the issue sometimes. And, I agree. The rotation, you yeah, know? I, so I agree. Diggs is definitely the guy. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I look, I know he can't play every snap, uh, and he's not great, but he's good. And yeah. if you're gonna play somebody else, Josh Williams is a nice change of pace. I mean, yeah, He comes I'm,
6: in and gets a false start penalty this week. Exactly. You know? <laughs>
1: exactly. So, you know, you got Caleb Caleb is your future. No doubt about that. The kid kid's big, fast, tough. He, once he learns the game, he can be a monster, but yeah. not not yet. And, you know, Williams gets a penalty. Emory, I mean, you've had 5 years with him. What else do you need to see? And, yeah. you know, I mean, goodness gracious. Noah Kane will give you what he's got. He'll he'll run hard and do what he's supposed to do, but I mean, I they finally just played digs, and look, he's, he's had, what, three 100-yard-plus games. And, well, you know, he, and he's a hard runner. That's the thing he runs like. hard. He runs That's hard. Good pad level. He gets the extra yard, and he, doesn't make, contact. Yep. And he doesn't make mistakes. He's good in yep. pass protection, and he can catch the ball. So, look, they've got that there, and they have a complete offense as a result. Offensive line, right side of the line, a concern, but getting a little bit better. And, and they settled on Frazier and, and, and Emory Jones, it appears.
6: Yes, I think so. Charles Turner is you know, his health will be an issue this weekend. I yes. think that would be something to watch and yep. it's interesting that they rolled out the third uh, backup uh, center, you know, in DJ Chester and kind of Mar- Martinez had some issues snapping the ball. They said so a lot of confidence there in DJ Chester, but that's somebody that they talked about along with uh, Lance Hurd that they had a lot of confidence in, you know, to pu- to plug and play at any point. So you're seeing that, and you know, I guess the only thing, Ken, we had not really talked about is special teams. And
1: you I, know, was gonna I was going to get into that. Yeah,
6: I was happy to hear. Uh, I was happy to hear Brian mention the job that punt. You know that punt did that Jay Bramlett had because golly, I mean, it, it just really flipped the field for them when they it needed did. it most, and and back Missouri up.
1: Well, I mean, their place kicking has been good. Their punting has done a solid job. You know, return game's been negligible, but it hadn't hurt them, at least not since the beginning of the season they lost total confidence in Aaron Anderson and and there's another transfer that hasn't done anything you know so I mean again the transfer portal look I don't believe in what Debo Swinney does which is you don't use it at all but I think it's a little bit overrated I think you plug in a a couple of guys two or three guys but you've got to recruit the high school players if you want to be successful long term
6: you do you have to grow the program from within you know and I I think that is the challenge that Brian Kelly's facing right now. And this is a big conversation that I have often, especially in the cornerback position, where if you have any talent, it doesn't feel like you're going to stick around anywhere, you know, to see the field. Like you really have to be a guy that's going to make some plays right away and find a a, 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 your notch, I guess, to latch into because I just feel like that cornerback position is always going to be a carousel because guys understand that they can go somewhere else and get that starting playing time. So I think that's going to be the most difficult position. LSU really does have a stacked recruiting board as it comes to the secondary next year, a lot of four-stars in, in your area, some in mine. And, you know, I just I feel like they got to hang on to them, and then you're right, hit the portal, but, but really do your due diligence. I think they have a couple of character issues coming out of the portal this year that aren't seeing the field. It's not very hard to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think they're they're having some issues there that they didn't anticipate uh, in some key positions where they expected these guys to real be to really be players for them.
1: Yeah, I mean we're watching Tulane, and I'll talk about them here as we move on here. But you know their defense is good, and they hit on their transfers and their secondary. They've got. Three guys that are good that are transfers. I mean, Jarius Monroe's really good. Lance Robinson's good. And and Pettis-Glo from Louisiana Lafayette is good. And, and I guarantee you those guys could play for LSU. <laughs> promise <laughs> you they could. And they'd be better than – and I watch Tulane play all the time. Tulane is much better than LSU defensively, of course. But is clearly better offensively. But, but again, they hit on these guys. And, and it, it's a hit-and-miss proposition. I get it. But, uh, again, my, my feeling isn't – my philosophy would be to, to do it with high school players and maybe three to four transfers a year, and that's, that's it. I mean, again, it's, it's just hard to do, especially when you're getting guys, and I say this with all due respect, in recent years, LSU's had secondary players coming from Nichols, Southeastern, Marshall. You know, you get the picture. McNeese. Yep. McNeese. Yep. McNeese. Syracuse, okay, whatever. Yep. So, yep. But, I mean, what, with all due respect, what would you expect?
6: You're right. You know, I think Colby Richardson gave them a little bit of false confidence last year after they kind of overperformed in that same scenario. And, and, you know, I think they felt like they had a, a shot to do some of that again this year. And it's falling flat on its face. So, uh, yeah, well, look, gonna, look,
1: know, at, look at the guys that did succeed back there, the transfers, where they came from. Where did Fouche, Fouche come from? Where did Brooks come from? You know, these, I mean, again, they played for big yeah, programs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly, and they were Louisiana guys coming from good programs, so I think yeah, that helps, story. you know, because it means something more to them as well. Yep, well, I agree with you a hundred percent. All right, so last but not least, Auburn. Uh, they played Georgia off their feet, but they've lost the last two uh, again. And I think matchup-wise, it's better for LSU because this isn't a team that's going to throw it all over the place.
6: Exactly, I think that's what helps LSU is they're a little bit stagnant on offense, and so you're you're playing into LSU's weakness, really, you know. So. It's a, it's an issue where the offense should be able to do close to what it's been doing, but the defense might get a little bit of a little bit of a break. So you know a little bit more score cushion there. I think is what everybody's anticipating heading into heading into this weekend. You know, but Auburn did play them tough it, again. I don't think they have the numbers much like LSU didn't have the numbers uh, last year when Brian Kelly first got here. So it could be a fourth quarter you know separation game. And I hope for LSU it is. Just give them a little bit more confidence, you know, as they kind of continue to to build back. I I don't think they're gonna have the season like you alluded to earlier where they're able to really put this thing together. I think there's still probably another loss or two out there for the Tigers. But can they can they continue to improve? Can they get these young guys some playing time and therefore get them confidence as they, you know, get ready to face some of these tougher battles in Alabama and Texas A and M?
1: Yep right there with you. Follow him on Twitter at Cobble, C-A-U-B-L-E, of course, on WBRZ, and Baton Rouge does a great job. Michael, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. Ken, thanks for having me. Have a good one. Right, you got it. All right, we'll take a time out here. 504-260-1061. Touch on Tulane next, and then the Pelicans as we continue with all access for a Monday night here on Nash Icon 1061-FM and at NASHFM1061.com.
0: That's ZipRecruiter.com
4: slash free. Discover, this is Danny. Hi, it's Jen Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner
3: party groceries. That's great, but with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Are you hungry? Because everyone left after the asparagus sorbet. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
4: It's time for the Fall Hall at Northern Tool and Equipment. Get your hands on tough tools at prices that are tough to ignore. Got plans? Cancel them. Trucks in the shop? Borrow someone else's. Don't like saving money? Right. So head to the Fall Hall at Northern Tool. Back up the truck for the season's biggest event and save on generators, power tools, trailers, and more. Shop in-store or at northerntool.com. We're made for this. Celebrating 90 years of excellence, the Allstate Sugar
0: Bowl is one of college football's most enduring traditions. And for nearly a century, the Sugar Bowl delivers for New Orleans, for Louisiana, and for the region. Major events, big tourism, and a national spotlight each and every year. And this season, it's even bigger. The college football playoff semifinal at the 90th all Sugar Bowl, New Year's Day in the Dome. The Sugar Bowl is presented by All-State, Louisiana Tourism, and New Orleans
6: and Company.
5: This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Fall into a hiring spree with Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Sponsor a job and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Look out for an accident on I-10 eastbound near Williams Boulevard, exit 223. We are seeing increasing delays through there. And a reminder of the ongoing closure of the West Bank Expressway tunnel westbound near Peters Road. We'll keep an eye on everything and have another traffic update for you in minutes. I'm Lindsay from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center.
0: This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at
1: NASHFM1061.com. Tulane coming off of an off week. We'll head to Memphis, their house of horrors, to play a Friday night game, 6 p.m. this week. That's right, Friday night. 40th meeting between the two schools. Memphis with a 24-14 one edge over Tulane. Tulane won last year here in New Orleans, 38-28. The teams have split the last six games, each team winning at home. And home is the optimum word because, as we have detailed on many occasions, Tulane has not won a game in Memphis since 1998. It has been that long. As I said, it's been a house of ours where they've really struggled as Tulane against Memphis. Can it change this time around? It can. It's a showdown. American Conference superiority certainly in the balance here. Tulane is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite to win this game on the road. The over-under is 56-and-a-half, so there is the expectation that this game will be a high-scoring game, and understandably so. Both teams are 4-and-1. Memphis is 3-and-0 at home on the year. And, look, it's a good team, okay? And when you look at the conference – Memphis and Tulane Look like the two top teams. SMU is certainly in the mix. The disappointing team is UTSA. I think a lot of people thought they would be that team. They haven't been. But you got a lot of teams who are 1 and 0 in the conference right now. Tulane, Memphis, SMU, Florida Atlantic and UTSA are all 1 and 0. South Florida is 2 and 1. Rice, Tulsa, UAB, all 1-1. One and one. Navy's 1-2. One and two. North Texas, Charlotte, East Carolina, 0-1. Oh and, and Temple is 0-2 oh in the restructured American Athletic Conference. So this becomes a huge game. I mean, it could be the two best teams. It could be a decision maker as to who wins a regular season championship. Michael Pratt, a week removed, maybe healing that knee a little bit more. Let's hope so where he can be more effective overall. He was okay against UAB, but we've seen him better, and you want to see him better. And running the football is a big part of his game and a big part of Tulane's running game. Makai Hughes has been good, but that's it. Pratt's their second option, and they need him to really contribute in that regard. So we'll see if the extra week has helped his knee to heal more and to allow him to do more on the field. If not, they can still get by, but it won't be as easy. Back with a final word on the Pelicans when we continue in a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM.
2: Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like, an official offer to buy or trade your car. Woo-hoo! Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, KBB.com. At Staples, you can count on every
3: project being print-perfect, guaranteed. I need invitations and posters printed, and they have to be perfect.
5: I need beautifully bound booklets and presentations for my business. Your invitations
3: and booklets will be in captivating color and will be done right every time. That's Staples Print Big Promise. And right now at Staples, get $50 off your print purchase of $150 or more. Try Staples and see the difference. Ends ten fourteen. Exclusions apply. See associate or visit staples.com slash print for details. Football is back, and NFL Plus
0: has you covered. Get NFL Plus, and you'll never miss a moment of live football action this season. With live, local, and primetime games on mobile, NFL Network, NFL Red Zone, live game audio, and more, all in one place. That's right. This season, get NFL Red Zone and NFL Plus Premium so you never miss a touchdown. That's every touchdown from every game, every Sunday during the regular season, across devices. Sign up today at
3: plus.nfl.com. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Dr. Brad Schaefer. As a podiatrist, I can tell you no two people's feet are alike, which is why I recommend Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotic inserts. They're customized for your feet, so you get a unique solution your feet really need, not just a one-size-fits-all insole. They're clinically proven to provide pain relief for achy feet, knees, lower back, plantar fasciitis, and heels. Take the Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotics assessment in Walmart today. Now in the foot care aisle.
5: As a mom, comforting my family is what I do best. Vicks Paper Stick provides soothing, non-medicated Vicks Papers in an easy-to-apply stick. And it dries fast, so there's no mess. I use it to comfort myself <sighs> and my family. <sighs>
6: Thanks, Mom.
2: Vicks VapoStick, soothing comfort for the whole family. And when you need more comfort for yourself, try Vicks VapoShower for steamy Vicks Vapors. Use as directed. VapoStick
3: for use ages 4 and up. VapoShower use for adults only. Hi, this is Dr. Brad Schaefer. As a podiatrist, I can tell you no two people's feet are alike, which is why I recommend Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotic Inserts. They're customized for your feet, so you get a unique solution your feet really need. Not just a one-size-fits-all insole, They're clinically proven to provide pain relief for achy feet, knees, lower back, plantar fasciitis, and heels. Take the Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotics Assessment in Walmart today. Now in the foot care aisle.
2: Fall is prime time for planting, and Lowe's knows how to help. Start by beautifying your garden with our large assortment of mums, available in a variety of colors. Then get stay green garden soil starting at 448
6: to feed your plants all season long. And don't forget Scott's fertilizer for preparing your lawn for a better spring, starting at 2848. A great looking fall starts here. Lowe's knows home improvement. Selection varies by location, excludes Alaska and Hawaii.
2: You know the expression, there's no I in team? It means the power of the group is greater than any one individual. It's something the Saints believe in, and at Dudley
4: debozier so do we. If you've been injured, this is not a time to go it alone against the insurance company. Having the
0: right team on your side
4: matters.
2: Just call us at Dudley DeBosier. We're ready to join forces and go
4: to battle for you. Demand Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. Call 444-4444. That's 444 Chad Dudley,
0: New Orleans, LA 2315657 always welcoming intelligent points of view whether we agree or disagree let's have meaningful constructive dialogue on all access with ken trahan on 1061 fm nash icon at nashfm1061.com and through crescentcitysports.com give us a call 504-260-1061
1: as we wrap it up tonight the pelicans open their preseason tomorrow evening at Smoothie King Center against Orlando, our first look at the 2023-24 version. Only three preseason games. Regular season set to start October 25th, and of course, all eyes will be on Zion Williamson, and to see what he looks like and to see how he plays. No Trey Murphy until at least November, and we certainly won't see Larry Nance or Jose Alvarado yet. The hope is that they'll be ready for the start of the regular.